Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Well, today I, I want to talk to you about um, the sin of greed. I told you I was going to be tough. <laughs> Some of you are like, greed? Why didn't I stay home today? Um, but we're going to talk about confronting the sin of greed. And I want to help you relax right off from the front, uh, right here at the beginning. I know some of you are like, oh, great, Pastor Stephen's going to talk about us giving an offering today or something like that or giving to Beyond. And you can give to Beyond and you can give in the offering today. We would love that. Um, but this message is not about trying to get you to give today. It's really, uh, I believe that the sin of greed is, is something that grabs a hold of and clutters up our soul and it causes us to live very small lives. That many of us, due to the greed we have, and you know, I know no one in here struggles with greed. It's those of you that are out on the patio. So those, <laughs> those of you that are sitting in here, just kind of bear with us today. I'm gonna be speaking to the people out on the patio. We love you guys, but I know we got a lot of greedy people out there. Y'all are out there to get the donuts, <laughs> Coca-Colas. You know, they've got real, like, you know, good stuff out there. Anyways, you know, not, not, it's very hard to see greed in ourselves. Like, I've never met the person that said, you know what, I'm an expert in greed. You want to know about being greedy? Just come talk to me and I'll tell you all about it. We don't see it in ourselves. And it's difficult to, to, to see. We, you know, every once in a while, it kind of pops up and shows up. Maybe, you, you know, in your, your marriage, your spouse doesn't want to share. They're greedy with their food. How many of you are married to people like that? They're greedy with their French fries from McDonald's or, you know, like my wife's greedy with dessert. Like she does not want to share dessert. And, uh, but it, it, it shows up every once in a while. And the Bible has a lot to talk about that and say to us. And so we're going to talk about it. And, you know, we live in a culture today that, again, um, is, is very greedy. And um, I, like, I could tell you so many different stories of how greed shows up. I, I heard about a lady, Barbara Bagley, who won the right to sue herself. And in Utah, the Utah Court of Appeals um, gave her legally the right to sue herself for negligent driving. And um, her negligent driving cost the life of her husband, and she sued herself for wrongful death damages that she created. And that's greedy. But greed is, is interesting when you look at it, um, you kind of pull back the layers, um, Greed at, at its root is so destructive. And we're going to look in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. And we're going to start off there and, and um, just kind of follow along. And then I want to show you some ways that you can find out whether or not you really are greedy in your life. Of Proverbs 1, 
Verse 10 says, my son, again, uh, this is Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, existed on the planet. Um, He shares this with us and he says, my son, if 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 sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. In other words, let's take advantage of vulnerable people. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit. In other words, we're going to get rich off of their pain. We will get all sorts of vulnerable, valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. In other words, we're going to have to get some storage units. We're going to have to get a a lot of extra closets at our house. We're going to have to um, get some extra room for all the stuff we're going to get. And this is what the Bible says. Cast, Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. In other words, this is obviously going to go wrong. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. In other words, the harm that they wish to cause on other people is actually going to come back on them. And look at verse 19. It's very sobering. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Now, most people that read this passage of Scripture, what they draw from that is that they're like, well, Solomon is talking about, he's warning us about not hanging out with bad friends, not being with bad people, bad friends, and, and uh, not being around people that are going to cause us to... to do acts that that are evil. And uh, that's not really what Solomon is talking about here. What Solomon is talking about is greed. And he's actually showing us the, the true motivation of all the evil acts that happen around us and even the evil acts that we do. It's greed. And if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down today. And I'm going to just kind of give you this right up front. This is probably the most important thing that I'm going to say today is that greed, the sin of greed is a violent act against the generous and goodness of God. Greed is a violent act against a generous God. Now, when you use the word violent, that is when we're greedy, that it's a violent act against God. That's a little strong, but it's. It's strong because when you start to think about how insulting it is to God, when we're greedy, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you. And God desires to bless us, to take care of us, to meet all of our needs. And what we are doing when we're greedy is, God, I don't trust you enough to take care of me and take care of my life. So God, I'm going to take it in my own hands and I'm going to take care of me, myself, and I. I gotta make, I gotta take care of myself because I don't trust you enough, God, trust you enough to take care of. This is the driving force of greed is that it means that we don't trust God. See, greed destroys 
your ability to trust God. It, it actually, what it does is it, it tries to erase God as your source. And it's hard to know where greed starts. I think it starts from very early on. I know some of you are parents of little, little babies, little girls, little boys, which by the way, I hope that you are, are attending our parent resource night tonight. It, it is like something incredible, very valuable for you as a family that our, our next gen ministry wants to partner with you to help you. But you know, you, you know your little baby girl, your little princess girl, that you love so much, she's reaching out to you like, you know, like you, you know, you're like, oh, she, she's wanting me to hold. No, she's not wanting, wanting you to hold her. She's going for your wallet. <laughs> um, and it, it's, you know, her, the first words that are going to come out of her mouth are not mommy, daddy. It's going to be Mine. It doesn't stop when you're, you know, when you turn a teenager, it gets worse because now as a teenager, you're facing a very cruel world that starts to judge you based on the brands that you wear, that your self-esteem is based on the possessions that you have. And so it, there's a lot of pressure to wear the right brands, to have the right things, you know, you want the, the latest iPhone. You don't want your dad's flip phone. Can I hear an amen from all our students in here? Come on, I got your back. You don't want your dad's old nasty old flip phone that's all wore out. You can't see the numbers on it. You want the latest in the, like the iPhone 20. You want, and, and, and there's this pressure and it keeps on and, and, and listen, greed is not something that just, just happens to us. It grows slowly in, inside of us and it, it's developed from birth and listen to it, it is our sinful nature and it, what it does is that it starts to take hold of your soul. And once it, greed takes hold of your soul, it will ride you to your grave. It will rob you from trusting God for, for God to show you and to guide you and to, to lead you into the path and the purposes that God has for your life. Greed, the sin of greed, it's, it's so, so violent because it goes against everything that God is. When you think about greed, why, why is it it's so violent, again, because it's an insult against God. But do you know that greed, again, is a motivating sin for most of the worst behaviors in the history of mankind? For example, almost all of the wars that have ever been started were because of greed. Greed for power, greed for money, greed for status. Greed is a powerful motivator. And again, um, where it starts primarily is this, and what makes it so evil is that it's self-focused. Greed brings the focus on you and all of our attention on ourselves, and this is where it gets 
evil. And greed is, is there's three sides of it. It's, it's I need more, I deserve more, I want more. Again, it's self, self-focused and you just pay attention to the ads, social media, everything is about you deserve this, you need this, you, you deserve this. And it is the basis of where our greed starts. See, greed happens in our lives when we stop worshiping the creator of things and we start worshiping things that are created. And we get our focus on products and stuff and things. And listen to me, greed will clutter. It is, it, it is never ending at how much it will clutter your soul. But when you get your focus and your attention on, on stuff and you get your eyes off of the goodness of God, Let me show you this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6. When you look at how do you know if you're greedy, the Apostle Paul gives us some insight here, and he's speaking to Timothy, and um, this actually this passage is a parallel passage to Proverbs uh, 1, the, the scripture we just read a few moments ago, 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says... Um, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we take nothing out of it. You know, that's so true is that we don't bring anything into this world and when we die, we don't take anything with us, right? Like there's, you you don't see a U-Haul at the funeral home. (laughs) With all the junk we got piled up, um, you know, I, I did a funeral this last Tuesday for a close friend that um, had everything you can imagine. And um, he took his life. We still don't know why. But everything drove the nicest truck you can imagine, everything, and boom, took his life. And I did the funeral, and I promise you, he didn't take anything with him. We don't take it with us. And, you know, the house you you live in that you love, someday somebody else is going to live in that house. Um, Your money, your grandkids are going to blow right through it. (laughs) They will spend your wealth. You do know that, right? You don't take anything with you. The car, it, it's, one day it's probably going to end up rusty junk car. Verse 8, but if, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich, again, um, he says people who want to get rich fall into temptation. Now let me stop right there and just say that this isn't a message against being rich. There's nothing wrong with being rich. Sometimes we want to think that rich people are the greedy people, but, and some of you probably think, well, I can tell you the greedy people here at Creekwood. I'm going to go out in the parking lot and I'm going to show you, I'm going to pick out all the greedy people and you're going to go around and you're going to go, every car that's three years newer than yours, they're greedy. You're like, you know, they're greedy, they're greedy. Listen, I've met poor people that are greedy. 
Greed has nothing to do with wealth. It is something that is inside of our soul, and it's a sin. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And look at verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Again, um, greed, is, it's rooted in, in this unbelief and fear. And sometimes, again, this is so hard to see it in ourselves. And spiritually, you got to look in the mirror and, and see, you know, am, do I really trust God or am I operating out of, out of uh, this unbelief and fear? So I'm kind of taking it in my own, like, I got to get, I got to take care of my stuff. And I trust God and I, I trust him for my salvation. But while I'm here on this earth, I'm going to, I got to take care of me. Do you know that greed, I believe is, is, is one of the most, the sin of greed is one of the most destructive things in a marriage. When you get greedy, even with your love and get greedy with, with your words and you get greedy with, with your affection or you get greedy with your acts of service, it is destructive I want to give you three wrong attitudes, again, um, that greedy people wrestle with. Again, I know no one in here. It's all the patio people, uh, people that are out there listening today. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know outside they're laughing. Inside they're not. But anyways, um, <laughs> number one, greedy, peop uh, greedy people wrestle with three wrong attitudes. Number one, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. First um, Timothy 6, 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, um, one of the things that I know is that godly people who are content always feel like they're blessed. And it's easy to kind of start feeling like, man, um, when you look around again and, and uh, you just kind of forget that you're not blessed and um, you know, this last summer I was in Costa Rica at a, at a church we partner with, and um, one of the, one of the um, pastors that's on staff, um, his family's got two little girls. They, they, they've been living at the church for years and years and years that never owned anything, and finally they've, they bought a little piece of property, and I've shared this story with you guys um, that through your incredible generosity, we've been able to build, help them build a home there in uh, Costa Rica. But I remember that we were heading to the airport and the past, that one of the staff members, he said, the guy that owned this land, he said, would you go with us and pray over our land before you leave? And I really was kind of like, we got to get to the airport. It's international flight. We got to go. And we got there and I, I was just going to go real fast and stop by there and pray with him at his land. And I got there. First thing that went through my mind is, man, this is a tiny lot. How are you going to build a house on this? But you would have thought he was showing me the greatest piece of property on the planet of the earth. He was so proud of it. And he was so excited. And I, I got on the plane and I was thinking about it. And of course, God spoke to me and he said, man, Creekwood needs to help him. And, and, but, but really what stood out to me is how blessed he knew he was. And too many of us, we forget how blessed we are in, um, 
We, again, this, this is what drives us to be greedy is that we're, we're constantly forgetting how blessed we are. This is why it's so good for you to go on a missions trip. And I want to encourage you to, to go on one of these missions trips. And, you know, if you've got a, a student, teenager, take them with you because it's so powerful to go to another country and see how other people live. And you realize how blessed we are. And too many times um, we forget how much God has blessed us. And we do have enough. Number two, what I do have is mine. What I do have is mine. First Timothy 6, 7 says, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. And, you know, too many of us forget that we're brief stewards of the resources that God gives us. It's easy to start to think that, man, what I have is mine and um, uh, we, we kind of live like we're the reservoir instead of a river. And we start to kind of believe that what I have and like you, you just got so lucky or you just worked hard and man, um, listen to me, everything that you have, God has given you. It is the blessing of God and, and you are on this earth to steward it. But listen to me, it's very easy to kind of go, well, you know, well, this is mine. And even, do you know that even as a church, it's easy for us to get greedy and start to go inward and only think about ourselves. And I know, uh, I know y'all love the gravel parking lot, especially all the ladies in here. Y'all love to walk on that big old chunks of concrete. And people have asked me through the years, why don't we pave that? And I want to pave it. I want to get concrete out there. But do you know that, that we have just as a church made the decision that we are going to make it a priority to bless people and to take care of people? And that through the years, every single year, we've given through Generosity Project huge amounts, over $200,000 that we have given completely away to other ministries like Mansfield Mission or foreign mission, missions organizations that we have given. Our phased in um, ministry in Wichita Falls that helps kids that, that are coming out of the foster program. And it would be easy to us to go, well, man, I need my parking spot because I'm tired of that. And I, listen, we're going to do that one day. Do you know that for, for 15 and a half years, our staff never had offices? That our staff officed out of the nursery rooms that they would show up with backpacks? Why? I was too cheap to rent offices. <laughs> but I also saw the value in us being able to bless pastors and ministries around the world. And listen to me, don't think for a moment that the 108 acres that God has blessed us with, that people say, how in the world did y'all get that? Or the 13 acres we have here, he said, we just got lucky or whatever. It's the blessing of God. And I don't ever want to think that, that, that what we have is, is, is mine or ours. Everything we have as a church is, is the blessing of God. But it's very easy, again, to get greedy as a church. Even I, ministry, some of you, like, man, you've been around greedy pastors, and you're like, oh, you know, you can see it in other people. And I heard about a story about two guys that were stranded on an island, and they had no way to be rescued. And one of the guys is like, he's so upset. He's, he's like, man, we are never going to be rescued. They can't find any food. 
There's nothing. They're, they're, they're like, there's no cell service. They're like, man, this guy's telling the other guy, we are going to die. I've been looking. There's no food. And the other guy says, I'm not worried about it. I make $100,000 a week. And his buddy said to him, $100,000 a week doesn't mean anything on this stranded island. And the guy said, I make $100,000 a week and I tithe. I know my pastor will find me. <laughs> he will find me. <laughs> so if you make $100,000 a week and you're tithing, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I don't care what you think. <laughs> People get weird when you talk about stuff like that. Um, Number three, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get more. And this is where it starts to get evil. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 9 says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You know, Jesus had a lot to say about this also. And um, again, this, this is where your greed starts to cause you to compromise your biblical convictions uh, and you treat people... You know, you justify mistreating people for profit. And some of you, you, you've been around businesses or you've been around people that they're like, man, it, you start to justify, well, that's just the way the world works, you know. And greed will make you do some very evil things. And Jesus had so much to say about this in Luke chapter 12. He says, teacher, again, someone asked Jesus, about an inheritance. And isn't it true when you talk about inheritance, people get evil and greedy? And how many times have you heard a story when a mom and dad that had a very close family together, one passes away, and then the brothers and sisters are all are fighting about it and they get greedy about the resources and, and things. And this is what's happening here. This guy says to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said, listen to this. He says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now here, Jesus says, you need to watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Do you know that Jesus never said that about adultery? Jesus never said, watch out, be on your guard about committing adultery. Why? Because if you're committing adultery, you know you're committing adultery. Like if you're sleeping with someone that's not your wife, you know that that's not your wife. That's adultery. That's funnier than you are laughing, but it's okay. <laughs> you know it's adultery. But greed is something you got to watch out. And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, you need to watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed and then Jesus, in a very brilliant way, illustrates this. He says, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus again of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. In verse 20, it says, but God, and anytime you see, but God, you better wake up. 
It says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourselves? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And again, it's, it's, it's the sin of greed that we have to fight against continually in our lives. As I close today, let me read two more scriptures to you. Colossians chapter three says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. That's crazy that he says sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires, and he includes greed with it. It's greed what's made us not be able to pull. I know I'm kind of getting in your business a little bit, but is greed what's made us have so much junk in our garage we can't put our car in our garage? It's because we keep on wanting to get one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, and we have made our lives about junk and just getting one more thing and getting one more thing and we don't know what it means to be content and to say, God, I trust you. For a greedy person, it says, listen to this. It says, don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater. Worshiping the things of this world. This is why it's a violent act against the goodness of God when you are greedy. Ephesians 5, 5 says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a few moments as we pray today. Father, I include myself in this today. God, I know every single one of us, those that are joining us online, those that are on the patio, those that are sitting inside this room right now, all of us have the potential to be greedy in our life. And God, I pray that we would unclutter our souls today and fight against the greed. To move this greed out of our souls that is causing us to live such small, meaningless lives. Lives that are built around materialism. Lives that are built around ourselves instead of looking around us and seeing beyond the horizon and seeing what you, oh God, have for us. Father, I pray that you would speak into our lives so clearly today. I pray for those that are here today that are not right with you, God. I pray that they would receive you into their lives. God, may they know that if they confess their sins, you are faithful and just to forgive them of all their sins today. Lord, I pray that they would know how loved they are. And God, that you, you sent your only son to die on the cross for their sins today. May they receive you into their life. 
Father, I, I praise your name for those that are receiving you today in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.